This is Paths to Product, a show about current product managers and how they transitioned into the role. I'm Pallavi Hikariker, and on the show today, we interview Katrina Cholson and learn how she went from being a consultant at McKinsey to becoming a product manager at Cognite. Today, I'm joined by Katrina Cholson, who's a product manager at Cognite. Katrina and I actually met when I was working at Cognite as a product manager during my final internship. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Katrina. Hi, good to be here. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about your background leading up to your full-time career? Yeah, I, uh, so I grew up in Norway, actually, then did high school in Brazil, studied computer science at MIT in Boston. So a little bit all over before I went, uh, went from my computer science studies to consulting at McKinsey uh, back in Norway in the capital Oslo. Yeah, so went from computer science to consulting because I was eager to have a, a day doing all kinds of different things uh, and wasn't that excited about spending 10 hours a day just coding. Wow, so it sounds like you've really had a chance to see the world. And so as I understand it, after consulting, you switched into product management. Was there a turning point or anything that happened that made you realize that you wanted to be a product manager instead? Hmm. A couple of things. I've always wanted to start my own company. Um, and product management is good training for that. It, I think it has a lot of the same characteristics. Uh, like maybe you've thought about it for yourself as well. Uh, then at the same time, I noticed that McKinsey, my learning curve was kind of flattening after the first year of like really learning a lot and I wasn't learning as much as I wanted. Uh, and then I wanted the autonomy of a startup and the ability to actually see things through uh, that you don't, don't do as a consultant. Uh, so then when I worked on a project management office, PMO uh, project in McKinsey, I uh, which is known as kind of a kind of boring, a lot of admin type of project. Uh, it felt like a good time to um, to jump on another opportunity. Yeah, that makes sense. And can you talk a little bit more about what that opportunity was and what you're currently doing as a PM? Yeah, so Cognite's main product is Cognite Data Fusion, which is an industrial data ops uh, platform, uh, meaning that as uh, consumer technology has been disrupted and we all have uh, smartphones with awesome apps and really cool tech, uh, industry isn't like that. Industry software looks like it's stuck in the 90s or early 2000s. So what we do with Cognite Data Fusion is make it easy for developers and data scientists to build modern applications for industry. Uh, And then I've been in Uh, quite a few different product manager roles in the company for the past two years. But recently I took on a role as a product portfolio lead where I lead our core APIs. uh, And I also lead two two product managers and then together we we own an area for like 25 or so developers, which is so much fun. That sounds really cool. Can you tell us a little bit more about 
the day-to-day or what kinds of projects you're overseeing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so in, in this role, I think the what's special is uh, that we're providing APIs for others to build on. So it's very much of this um, the challenges you have when you're working on a platform. Uh, and w- our goal is to eventually make the end users get the very best software, but that means we need to understand both what they need and what developers need uh, to enable that. Uh, so uh, one day might be uh, interviewing developers working at a uh, customer company, building an application for their end users uh, and walking through what is that application, uh, what are the components they've built here, uh, what's easy to do with our technology and what's uh, actually hard and uh, see where where can we abstract away some of the logic in their application and simplify that by clicking it in. Uh, and then another challenge is uh, there are so many dependencies and so many things that need to be uniform across our uh, API. Uh, so then also making sure we uh, work synchronously and work towards the same goals across these teams. That makes sense. I had a really great time when I worked at Cognite and I'd love to hear what some of your favorite things about working at Cognite as a product manager are. Mm. I love that we get so much context. Like our job is to have a lot of context to make the good decisions, but it's so fun to know what is happening in terms of our sales pipeline or who how we're defining our target customers, um, like uh, how can we, uh, how do we best tell that story and speak with product marketing about recent analyst reports and seeing how we fit into that and getting to see that big picture is uh, probably my, my favorite thing. Maybe, oh, actually maybe next to uh, seeing the work you've been working on for a while turn into actual product that someone uses and like smiles about and you're like ah that's great so in any of the previous products that you worked on were you able to ship something and then actually go and see customers using it yeah yeah um in even like a month ago, I worked on a project for a few months. That was a, a very big cross-team kind of effort. Uh, and it was so satisfying then finally getting someone um, someone to uh, use it and hear that kind of feedback from the, the IT management at our customer site. That's great. And when I was at Cognite, I think the company was around 100 or 120 people, but I think it's grown quite a bit since then. Has that impacted your role as a PM at all? It's quite a bit. Um, well, also, yeah, just uh, yeah, when you were at the company, you started uh, the, it had then carried a code name Watchtower, uh, front-end interface for Cognite Data Fusion. Uh, that has now become the main UI for Cognite Data Fusion. It is what we call Cognite Data Fusion, uh, and it is what I worked as a I worked as a product manager for um, that UI for 
the Cognate Data Fusion application also for the past, uh, the past year. It's pretty cool to hear that what I worked on has morphed into that. But yeah, we've been, uh, when you were at Cognite, we were around 120 people. Now we're 350 uh, currently hiring staff because of uh, COVID-19. And I think the big, the really big change is when you're around 120 people, you can still know everyone. And getting things done is really as easy as just doing it or talk to a few people with a whiteboard and do it. With 350, it's an increased need to, uh, it takes more of an effort to rally people behind something. It takes stronger storytelling and evangelism as a product manager to really sell what you want to do. And I think we're, uh, it also takes uh, more transparency and more upwards management to justify we're making these trade-offs for these reasons. This is why it makes sense uh, to get the buy-in from, uh, from the many angles. Yeah, and I think you're in a really cool position to see it go from that 120 to 350. Because I sort of jumped from Cognite, you know, with the 120 to Microsoft, which is just massive. Yeah, how is that? How do you get things done in a Microsoft-sized organization? Yeah, I think it just requires a lot more cross-team collaboration. So I'm on Excel, but specifically I work on collaboration features. So these are features that come into play when you have two or more people co-authoring in a document. And when you think about the collaboration experience in Excel, it actually also has to be a similar experience to that of Word and PowerPoint. So generally when we're working on features, even though I'm on Excel, I work with shared engineers and PMs that work on developing the shared features, and then also with PMs from Word and from PowerPoint. And we all work together in what's called a row crew. And so we actually have to work together to come up with decisions and sort of make sure we're aligned in the experiences that we're building. And so I think at that scale, there is just more focus on process and being communicative and just making sure that everyone is aligned with the decisions that are being made. So making that jump from Cognite to Microsoft was a really sudden transition as opposed to going from 120 to 350. And I actually wonder what is that tipping point when suddenly you don't know everyone and you need to have those processes. As you mentioned, you're interested in starting a company one day and I definitely am as well. And I think that that's an interesting thing to observe and learn. So if you start something and you see it scaling, at what point do you say, okay, now we're big enough and we need to focus on processes and transparency? Good, good point, yeah. I think it was around 200. Crossing 200, then I started giving up on learning names of new people joining. Uh, I think it took quite a bit longer before we realized that we were lacking the processes and a little bit of, uh, more communication to get things done. Uh, but now with our current scale, it's it's the only way to make sure we're still marching in the same direction because we don't have five different areas of the company marching in slightly different directions. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that the product management role has been kept in Norway, but as I understand it, Cognite has opened offices globally as well. So I wonder how much that comes into play with the PM role 
do you often have to communicate with people from those other offices? Because that might be a challenge of scaling as well. It is, and it does matter for us. So we've opened uh, an office, I think there are about 30 people now in Texas uh, with office areas in both Austin and Houston. Uh, we also have an, a commercial office in Tokyo. And we need to understand that because we're building a product that needs to sell, right? <laughs> it has to sell. Uh, and we need to understand what is that sales pipeline? What is that market? When we land customers, why did we land them? And that work does, and that way we do need to speak uh, with them and, and learn from them. And also our salespeople need to understand what is our latest thinking around our roadmap? What can we commit to? What can we sell? Uh, so that we have the most gunpowder into these uh, B2B sales discussions where you can't just sell your current product. You come off way stronger if you can also sell uh, what's on your six month uh, roadmap. That makes sense. Well, it sounds like a really great experience, both in terms of scale and also getting that international perspective. Uh, so it sounds like you've had a really great learning opportunity there. Yeah, so much fun. One thing about your Microsoft experience too, how, when you have these foras with product managers uh, across teams needing to agree and make decisions, uh, how democratic are those arenas? Is it actually agreeing or is it discussing and someone deciding? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say it's pretty democratic, uh, at least in my experiences. I think the floor is opened for everyone to share their input, but ultimately someone does need to step up and drive the decisions. I haven't seen any situations where people have had very conflicting opinions and yet one of them was chosen. I think usually there's enough discussion that for the most part there is alignment on what the best uh, solution or path forward might be because as a group we do think about the pros and cons and uh, the consequences of any decisions that we make. When things come up, there may be people that are maybe more passionate about it, and so they sort of tend to drive the outcome. So I'd say it's democratic in that everyone gets to give input, but at the end of the day, one person maybe uses that input to drive decision. And to some extent, I think it has to work that way, right? Because 10 people coming up with uh, a decision every single time is pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, I think it's much better if it's that way and it has a clear decision maker and owner. But I think one thing that's special in Norwegian business culture, and maybe you noticed when you were here, is that it is so flat. Mm -hmm. People are used to things being so democratic and people are used to having their voice heard so strongly. Uh, So it takes a little bit of of training to learn to... uh, step up and own a decision and make a decision despite someone disagreeing and carrying that through. Yeah, and I think making a decision is one of the challenges of being a PM and it can sometimes be scary. Like for me, when I joined Microsoft and started working on Excel, suddenly I was in a position to make decisions that would impact this product that has millions of users. So there's always the sense of, okay, is this the best thing I could be doing for my customer? Um, And I'm always wondering if there's something better that I could be doing for them. So I think having conversations and discussing pros and cons is is easy, but the act of actually making a decision and sticking with it is harder than it seems, or at least has been in my experience. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I think that was one of the hardest things when I started as a PM to learn, to dare to lead, to dare to say, this is the direction. It might be wrong, but we're still going to try. And these are our first steps in that direction. Because that also means like you will make mistakes. I have made so many mistakes and then you got to own them. Yeah, and I think to some extent that is a way that you can judge or interpret a work culture. Um, like how do they respond to making mistakes? Uh, if you make mistakes, are they judging you? Are they taking away responsibility? Because in my eyes, if you made the best decision at the given time with the data and knowledge that you had, then that's sort of the best that you could have done. And the next thing that you should be judged on is, you know, how did you see that through? And based on what you learned from it, what are you going to do differently moving forward? How are you incorporating those learnings? And I think Cognite was pretty good at that. I think people there realized that trying and attempting and maybe making mistakes was really the way to learn and improve uh, moving forward. Yeah. And I think it has to be the way in a startup too, because there is, like you certainly noticed here, there's so much more going on than people can keep up with. So everyone is giving given as much responsibility as they want to take. Uh, and everyone's only appreciative of you, of anyone killing, uh, living up to that responsibility, uh, meaning there's little oversight and people aren't double checking any decisions. Yeah. I'd love to pivot now and talk a little bit about how you made that transition from consulting to product management. So I'd love to hear what some of the key transferable skills were that you took from being a consultant at McKinsey to becoming a product manager at Cognite. Mm. And consulting is, is useful in that way because it does set you up for other things. For me, I think the most useful things have been learning to be hypothesis driven learning um, patterns for storytelling and, and having an easy time putting that into slides uh, and then basic project management that is necessary in any managerial role uh, so i think um, i can walk through them uh, when it comes to being hypothesis driven one thing that is drilled into you in consulting is that don't go into a corner and spend a full day to make a perfect slide uh, and don't try to interview everyone at your customer site before you come with a proposal have your day one hypothesis have your week one hypothesis put it on the side give it to someone and be prepared for people to hammer at it and that's okay then you got what you wanted you got a better result you got lots of input um, and doing that with product as well daring to say you know this is my day one hypothesis of what the vision should be. This is my week one hypothesis. Uh, and then iterating and testing that or doing product discovery in a prototype way. I think that's also really important when it comes to measuring success. Uh, what do you think that the feature that you're gonna invest resources into is actually going to accomplish when it comes to metrics or goals for your product or business area? You have to start with some sort of early prediction like it may be your first day working on a feature, but you have to have some sense of here's why we're working on it. And that does get refined over time. But I think if you don't have that on day one, then at the end of the day, it's really hard to know what you were trying to do in the first place. Yeah. And it's so much better to have something that's ballpark, right? Than to have no measure of success. 
uh, or when you have you have a problem to solve, you have a measure of success, then you could go and spend lots of time trying to figure out the perfect design, or you could time box it. Let's do something we can in a few hours. Take what we have sketched down and test it with the customer. Um, I think a second very useful thing was this storytelling as a product manager. All we, we do in every meeting is some form of storytelling. If that is getting developers and designers on board on why this is like going to be the most awesome, coolest uh, customer life-changing feature, uh, or if it's getting teaching sales to sell it or get buy-in in some other way. And having then those patterns uh, and ability to put it into slides. So, okay, uh, first I describe the problem, then I describe the solution. Uh, or I describe the current state, a few options, and a recommendation. Um, and that recipe just speeds up work immensely. Uh, then lastly, uh, project management, uh, the ability to uh, break down hairy, fuzzy, uh, bigger things that we want to work on into smaller items and if that's doing it uh, oneself or asking someone and coaching them through this is how you can break it into a project uh, is invaluable when you want to get something done and we mentioned going from 120 people to 350 people uh, definitely helps in a bigger organization to be able to run a project that makes sense well, it sounds like consulting is actually a great background to have then because there are so many transferable skills to product management. Definitely, definitely on those things. It lacks the software background and it lacks the uh, design background uh, that are, or marketing background, that are also all very useful inputs. And how did you go about trying to get those skills? Like, I think you said you got your master's in computer science, so that probably took care of the technical skills. But in terms of things like design or marketing, how did you develop those skills before going into product management? Good question. Um, yeah, I think partly, like I would rec I would recommend others to seek a startup for the incredible exposure it gives to these other departments, because totally new in the job, a week in, I was in sales meetings with prospective customers selling our product, uh, or I was making the marketing content for important parts of the product, because who else would when we were 60, 70 people? Uh, and then uh, we still had people around me who were way more experienced than I could see how they did it and adapt to that. Uh, I think another thing is, uh, I'm an avid reader. Uh, so of course, picking up any, any related books uh, for marketing, there's the uh, good old classic, uh, Crossing the Chasm, um, that where many things still hold uh, true today. I think you kind of touched on it with your last answer with being at a startup and that exposing you to all these other things. But the next question I wanted to ask was about how you made that switch. 
when you decided that you wanted to go from uh, consulting to product management, were you intentionally looking for a startup or what was that process like for you? Mm. I uh, definitely wanted to work at a startup. Uh, I had followed Cognite for a while. I spoke with them when they were 10 people, but then I was set. I'm going to go to McKinsey first. Uh, like there was no way of getting out of that. But the time I was at McKinsey for those 10 months, Cognite just like uh, started growing and growing. And when they pipped 40 or 50 people, uh, that was a train moving so fast, or more like a plane actually about to take off. And I wanted to be on that plane, not look at it from the ground. Um, so, so then I jumped on. And I think a benefit of it being a startup too is that uh, uh, they are often more flexible about the background that they look for. Right, big companies either have an APM, associate PM program, or they take experienced PMs. But startups are a little bit more flexible. And then with my uh, background from computer science and consulting, they thought that, well, she doesn't have the skills yet, but she has the necessary background and she can learn, learn the rest. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And when you finally made that transition and became a product manager, was there anything about the role that surprised you or that maybe you weren't expecting when you were still a consultant? I think I've learned, I've learned to say no and learned to work with so many different stakeholders from sales, product marketing, marketing, customer success, customers who all want or need different things. And as a product manager, you need to say no while still staying on very good terms with everyone and still helping them do their jobs. Another is when, when I was new, and I think every new product manager does this, I overestimated how much we knew about the problem we were solving uh, and how good our solution was. And now I've learned that um, the product discovery, like actually validating how important that is, but also um, that it doesn't need to be hard. It doesn't need to take a long time. You don't need to spend two months to ship something and then learn from it. You can learn those things in a few days. Um, and my view on that now is is so different from it was when I started and I uh, I didn't realize how little we knew then. Yeah, when I was at Cognite, we got to take designs to potential customers to get their thoughts on it. And at that point, it was like a basic mock-up, not even a working prototype, but just like images of what the platform could look like. So I thought that that was a very humbling or good learning experience to realize that you don't have to build a fully working product or feature to take it to customers for feedback. Like you can start getting that feedback very early on just to check that you're on the right track with what you're building. Yeah, and you should get that feedback very early on. Yeah, I totally agree. Kind of along the similar lines, we talked a little bit about what surprised you about the role, uh, but was there anything that you found to be challenging about being a product manager? 
I think what, the one thing that was very challenging that we touched upon was that daring to lead, daring to make those decisions and stand by them. Uh, another thing is, and I think that it's also a matter of, of juniority. Is that a word, juniority? Um, like when you're young and you're, you, you need to stand your ground as a product manager about, uh, you know, let's, you're deciding that we're building a certain thing based on the evidence that you have and you decide that it's enough uh, or there are other demands where management wants you to support a specific customer because there is a fire but you need to justify uh, and say and say back no we are doing something that is more important that will help more customers and suddenly switching into product management from a consulting, a junior consulting role, uh, I think it surprised me how quickly I had to grow up and how quickly I had to um, learn to, to stand my ground. Yeah, that really resonates with me. When I joined Microsoft now, like eight months ago, I had to start making decisions and I mean, I was hired, so they thought I could do that and I had the necessary skills, but standing by my decisions when there were engineers that had been working there for you know over 20 years, had questions or concerns about the decisions I was making was definitely a challenge. And maybe that goes away with time as you become a senior PM or you work on a product long enough, but in the early years, it is difficult. And I think you have to build that confidence right away. And you have to say, you know, I'm here for a reason, this is my product space, and I'm going to own the decisions that I have to make. Yeah, totally. And I think acknowledging the cost of not making a decision, I think makes it a lot easier to make a decision because you know the value uh, you get back in speed by just choosing and going instead of deliberating further. Definitely. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you prepared to make that switch. I'm not sure what the interview process was like for you at Cognite or if you interviewed elsewhere, but could you talk a little bit about how you went about preparing for product manager interviews? Um, as for my understanding, those are a little bit different than consulting interviews. Very different than consulting. As Cognite uh, was a startup, is a startup, uh, the interviews were quite informal but they were specific to product management. Uh, and I was interviewed by head of product and a product manager there. Uh, my approach that I still stand by actually was to first read a ton about product management and books that I thought someone working with product management would also read. So I read uh, Inspired by Marty Kagan a fantastic book that I still come back to. I read Product Leadership, um, tons of different blogs, to learn the language and learn how to think about the bigger picture, which I got a lot in return from, because when we had these conversations, I could pick up different hints from my interviewers and knew what they were getting at. Uh, another big thing is thinking through product for that company. So I thought about, okay, what market is Cognite in? Who are the competitors? 
who are the target customers? What are the problems we're solving? To be ready to have an intelligent conversation about it. Uh, I couldn't play with the product because it's an early enterprise software product. If it's a consumer product, then like definitely play with the product, do a product teardown, use it. Uh, and then lastly, there's some like no matter where you're interviewing, you need an answer to a question like what's your favorite product and why. Like there are some of those basic questions that you should just be ready for. Awesome. So you mentioned a couple of books, but I wanted to ask if you had any other content recommendations, whether that's other books, articles, podcasts, um, any other materials that you found helpful while you were going through the interview preparation process. Uh, soon, maybe this podcast. Uh, I love, I don't know if you listen to it, Build with uh, Maggie Crowley at Drift. No, I haven't. Can recommend very good podcast about product management. Uh, and then some general leadership books, I think. Um, b- being a good leader and good with people is just such a useful skill in product management for guard. Like you can strip away the product part, you still need to work well with people. And then I think, um, especially the books Radical Candor and The Making of a Manager are um, fantastic starting points for anyone wanting to to work better with people. Those are some great recommendations that I'm sure the listeners will really appreciate. I actually haven't gotten a chance to go through all of them, so I'd love to get my hands on those. Yeah, tell me when you do, we can do book club. So we learned about how you prepared and I wanna ask next, what advice you have for other people that are looking to make that switch from consulting to product management? Hopefully you can lean towards a startup, a company that is a little bit more flexible about what they're looking for. And also I hope or would think that you'd enjoy it. I think picking up a variety of the skills uh, surrounding product management, right? So if you have a software engineering background, go learn some design. If you have an economics and consulting background, go take those steps to learn some coding, learn some design, uh, learn some marketing uh, to to complement that. Uh, And then I think uh, no matter the company, as a product manager, you need to display uh, full ownership and um, proactiveness. Uh, Probably, hopefully, uh, you already have this, but if um, it cannot hurt to think about ways to really, really get that across in in any kind of interview setting, because it's it's a prerequisite for a success in in the world. Yeah, that makes sense. And the last question I have for you today is, if you could go back and tell yourself one thing as you were making that transition from consulting to product management, what would that be? As soon as I had started in the role, I would have set up product discussion groups in the company or even with someone from other companies to learn from and to develop these skills together. Because uh, I think 
maybe you get great coaching from a manager, maybe not. But I, I think we face so many, uh, so many unexpected challenges, and you'll certainly face them if you transition into this role. And getting to talk through them with someone and hear how other people have dealt with them would have been uh, immensely helpful for me. Now I'm doing it, and I find it very helpful. Yeah, that's a great idea and not something that I had thought about. Traditionally, I've had those conversations with a manager or a mentor or a sponsor, but I think there's value um, in having those kinds of conversations with product managers that are going through similar situations. Yeah, learning from other people's mistakes. And sometimes it's good to hear how a peer would have dealt with something as well. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice and maybe something I should start integrating right now as well. Well, thank you so much for sharing your advice with us today, Katrina. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for joining us on This Path to Product, from consulting to Cognite PM. If you're looking to pivot to product management and want to suggest a transition to cover, or have transitioned into product management yourself and want to be featured, reach out to us at pathstoproduct.com. See you next week. Thank you.